0: Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed.
1: Of the Field of 68's Marathon Selection Sunday special, I'm Greg Waddell. We have my Sleepers Media co-host Carter Elliott in the house. We have Sports Illustrated's own Kevin Sweeney in the house. And we're going to peel back the curtain a little for all you people watching at home. The three of us were just together yesterday in Chicago for the Big Ten tournament. Some called it the Little Ten tournament. And now, less than 24 hours later, here we are again, fellas. I just can't get enough of the two of your faces in college basketball in general. Sweeney,
2: how are you tonight, my friend? Uh, I'm doing great. I mean, obviously, Selection Sunday, I kind of view it as like a... It's almost bittersweet. Like obviously, like you're excited about the tournament, but like I, I love college basketball season. And this is the start at the beginning of the end. So um pumped that we have a bracket in front of us. Uh excited for the for for for, for what's ahead. Um and definitely a little gassed from the last week in uh in conference tournaments. So card, I've seen
1: you with a genuine smile before i've seen you with a fake smile before i've seen you in pain my friend over the last four months today i can tell you are just beaming with excitement with joy with love for your team and the ncaa tournament itself is that fair
3: oh 100 especially after sweeney just gave us that buttoned up si oh i'm just so happy for the selection sunday and the bracket just warms my heart i am ecstatic for this, we got chaos um, uh, on the horizon. I love the draw for my team personally, but I mean, just looking across the bracket, there's gonna be there's gonna be a lot of chaos, a lot of you know, I don't know, use the word violence, I guess, and you know, I thrive off that, so I'm excited.
1: You violence, really? No, don't tell me just that. A, I can't just believe. a bit, just, so a, just a little it, bit. If you're still watching this, if you've been watching uh, the the whole show tonight or at any point in the night, uh, we thank you, of course, for watching us on the Field of 68. We appreciate that you've made it this far. By now, Doug Gottlieb has probably finished 11 bags of chips. Who's to say? I don't know. But uh, this is officially the After Dark portion of After Dark. Things might get a little wild in this final hour. But we are going to try to frame this up like any other Bracketology show today. We're going to go through the regions of this bracket and get your guys' thoughts. I want you to tell me what you think, because I have some pretty hot, hot takes to fire at you. Let's start with the South. Alabama, the number one overall seed here. No surprise there. But guys, my gut feel looking at this bracket, and I, I said this to Cart yesterday, I kind of predicted this. There's like four teams in this region that I wanted to pick as final four teams. Like I had stars next to their names all season long. Like, oh, if they get the right draw, they're going to my final four. They're all in the same region. And I hate that. Sweeney, what do you make of the South?
2: So I think the top of the South and the bottom of the South are very, very different. I think the top of the South sets up as well as you could possibly imagine for Alabama, right? You have, in my opinion, the the worst or most vulnerable number four seed in virginia a team that has really struggled down the stretch doesn't easily generate offense um you have san diego state as the five seed who again really good team really disciplined really good defensively but another team that that struggles to generate consistent offense and also struggles against teams you can't press and turn over um and the eight-nine game, like I think Maryland and West Virginia were were teams on that line you wanted to play, at least in comparison to Memphis, at least in comparison to Arkansas and Illinois and teams like that. So to me, like I love Alabama's draw to the Elite Eight. But but that Elite Eight matchup, whether it's with an Arizona team that just comes off a Pac-12 championship, whether that's with a Baylor team that has three of the best guards in college basketball, whether it's a sleeper like Creighton, that that one of the best starting fives in the country, maybe even Mizzou. Like Mizzou has played really well here in sec tournament play their offense is dynamic and explosive um they've won some high level games like i think the bottom half is really going to be a war and i think alabama is going to cruise to that point point. and that's why i think bama gets to the final four in the end is that i think their path to getting to a kind of 50 50 game is a little bit easier than than it would be for other teams in other regions what do you think hart
3: yeah, I mean, I'm I'm all on board with what Sweeney said as far as Bama. I really think they're gonna absolutely like cakewalk through those first two games. Uh the Maryland team does not scare me outside of the Xfinity Center, like we've talked about, you know, basically all year. West Virginia, I think they get a little bit of a bump because they had to go through the grind of the Big Twelve. And yes, they did win some games, but that's not necessarily a team that I fear uh in March. I fear Bob Huggins, but I'm not really fearing West Virginia and the fighting Eric Stevens Stevenson. So yeah, I, I really think Bama has a has honestly a cakewalk to the Elite Eight at minimum. And I like them to come out of this side of the bracket. I think that Bama Arizona matchup is kind of what I would what I would want if I could fill out my bracket that way. But I mean, like Sweeney said, as you're going through this, I mean, Virginia being the four seed, like that that's not something that scares me. Creighton, I think as a team that scares me as a 60, just because they do have the potential to be good. Their ceiling is extremely high, but as we saw this year, they had some games where they slipped up and, you know, I mean, you keep going down this. I mean, everyone's kind of getting out on Baylor a little bit. I'm not necessarily jumping off the Baylor train. I'd actually like to get your guys' opinion on that. I'm personally not jumping off the Baylor train just because of those guards and what they can do in March, but they kind of, they kind of, you know, crawled across the finish line at the end so i'd like to know how y'all feel about baylor honestly
1: i want to jump in on baylor quickly because what i alluded to at the top there's four teams in here i had stars next to i wanted to pick them or at least would think about picking them to the final four depending on the draw those four teams are alabama arizona baylor and creighton like I i knew creighton was gonna fall i thought maybe like a six seed or even a seven C that's what the bracketology guys told me this afternoon. They end up on the six line that like Creighton and Baylor having to play before either of them are in the sweet 16 is insanity to me. Like, I just hate that for both of them. I think on their best day, both these teams are closer to top 10 teams in the country. That's just a a slaughterhouse of a game. Creighton has to get through NC state first to me. Like I love that backcourt and I, I, we saw what they did in the ACC tournament in the first game against Virginia tech. Like if they just go nuclear I don't know that there's much a team can do, um, but it scares me because it, like, it, I still could talk myself into Creighton, even given this draw, but comparing it to like how you guys are saying with Alabama, it's like, oh, pretty much zero tests for them until they get to the elite eight. Like Creighton, in my opinion, would really have to win three games that they're either, you know, pickems or underdogs in just to get to a final four and get out of this region it seems crazy to me, and Baylor's kind of in a similar boat. Like if you're calling that Creighton game a potential toss-up, then you get Arizona in the Sweet 16 just to get to Alabama. Like that alone is enough for me to talk myself out of Baylor, even if
2: I want to talk myself into them. Like you said, Cart. My my issue with Baylor, Greg, is the defense has not gotten better. Like yeah. I, I think the hope and the vision when you're sitting here on February 1st was, man, they get Jonathan John Wichachua back. They kind of understand their system a little bit better. They ditch the Ojian Wuna minutes. who's a really good young player, but he's not ready defensively to kind of deal with the, the no middle. Okay. Maybe we've got something. And it said it's gotten worse. Like they got fried consecutive games by an Iowa state team. That's barely in the top 100 in Ken Palm offense. Like they cannot guard the rim. And look, I think Baylor's guards can win them any game, but like, I think we have to talk about the possibility that Baylor goes home on, on day one, because Baylor's playing a very good Santa Barbara team that most years gets a 12 or a 13 seed. Um, That's a team that's supremely talented. That's a team that very nearly won an NCAA tournament game two years ago when they were in the field. If you remember, they played Creighton. I think they lost in the final seconds. It was like a one-point game. And the strength of UC Santa Barbara is its guards relentlessly driving to the rim. Tell me that doesn't scare you if you're a Baylor fan. Like A.J. Mitchell and Josh Pierre-Louis, like those dudes get downhill all day. And they have a big guy in Andre Kelly who played three years at Cal. He was an all-conference level guy in the Pac-12, 13-8. Like he winds up at Santa Barbara because he wanted to win um, and he got the biggest role he probably could have gotten anywhere. But this is not a pushover Santa Barbara team. Joe Pasternak has built a really talented roster. They're athletic. Um, Mitchell's a really good defender, which I think will help them dealing with the three Baylor guards, I'm not saying they'll win the game, but like that is not an easy game. So for a Baylor team that, you know, woke up probably on on Friday or Saturday thinking they're a two seed, think they're going to, you know, cru- cruise through round one, then maybe play like Northwestern in the second round. All of a sudden now their their path is, uh-oh, we got to go play a g- really good mid-major round one. We got to play Creighton potentially round two, top 20 team with elite talent. Um, then we got to play Arizona potentially in the Sweet 16. Then we got to play Alabama in the Elite Eight and that's just to get to a Final Four, I think Baylor has a case to have the hardest path of any team in the country, at least among the elite teams in college basketball.
1: Yeah, just a a killer draw for Baylor, for sure. Um, So, Arizona. Cart and I have a love affair with this team. Uh, We watched them last night clinch the Pac-12 championship out in Chicago. All three of us were riding Baylor responsibly, of course, at Bet Rivers. But, uh, like... I. (laughs) Do you buy that they could actually get through Alabama? That's my question. Not just are they Final Four good? Are they national title good? Like they have to get through Alabama to get there. And we think Alabama's just penciled in automatically in the lead, in the Elite Eight. What do you make of that matchup, Cart?
3: Uh, you know, if they do get to that match, I think that as a you know, talent wise, I think that people when they talk about Bama, they have. Of course, they got Brandon Miller, who's the NBA talent. They got Betty They got the guards and Sears. And Jelly Fam JQ is actually not doing things to hurt his team right now. But you cannot fall for the trap completely because sometimes Jelly JQ, when it comes to March, he can come back and bite you. But all in all, this Arizona team is a team that can really match up talent-wise with this team. You you have the big man in Balo who can kind of offset Betty if They got the rim protection. Tubellis is going to be a mismatch for most teams that, you know, do that uh, Arizona do play. But Alabama is the one team that could actually match up with them talent-wise. I'm not sure who would come on top of that game just because they do kind of play that similar upstart, you know, fast tempo type game. But I just, I can't shake my love for this Zona team. And I don't know what it is. I don't know if it's Kirk Creason in the headband. I don't know if it's, if it's the addition of Courtney Ramey, but like, I, I, I don't, I think there's, there's one team that can knock off Bama. It will be Arizona.
2: What do you think Sweeney? I think they have a chance to win that game. I think what I'm, what I'm most curious about kind of matchup wise is, you know, Betty Akko and Noah Clowney have done such a good job all season of neutralizing the rim for, for opponents, right? Like, the, the Bama team two years ago that made the um was it the Sweet Sixteen or the Elite Eight? It that was the Sweet Sixteen that they lost to uh, to UCLA in um because then UCLA played Michigan. Um, that Sweet Sixteen Bama team was good defensively, but they were good defensively because of one guy, Herb Jones. Th- this year's Alabama team is good defensively because they're physical and athletic and long. And oh, by the way, they have two like monster drop coverage bigs. And I'm really curious to see how they would handle two guys as physical as Ballo and Tubelis. Like, I I think if – I think Betty probably comes out on top defensively in that matchup because he really comes out on top every matchup defensively. Uh, And I think that probably tilts tilts things in Bama's favor. But I I just think at the end of the day, like, Arizona has risen its game when it's played against top competition. Like, this is a team that will sleepwalk through some games, right? Like, they gave up 88 to Stanford. They lost at home to Washington State. They lost to Utah. Like – Arizona has been inconsistent at times, but when the lights have been brightest, when they have needed to play really well, for the most part, they have brought it. And I think you get into a lead eight type spot, you're going to get their best shot. And I think Alabama is the most complete team in this field. They're the best chance to win a national title, in my opinion. But at the same time, getting through Arizona will not be easy, especially when Arizona plays this game. Hey,
3: hey, G, one last thing about Arizona too that I do love. I just want to throw it out there really quick. I love picking teams to win national titles and to make runs that have elite glue guys. Like you think to that Baylor team a couple of years ago, like Mark Vidal was just an elite glue guy. Pell Larson is one of the most elite glue guys in the country. Like he's honestly almost too good to be a glue guy. Like I think he's a guy who comes back next year and he could be like an all-American level type talent. I think he's that good. Uh, But for this team and kind of the role he plays, he's just like the ultimate glue guy and, I mean, that's that's. I think that separates them from some of the other elite teams in the country.
1: I did not have Pell Larson Mark Vital comparisons on my bingo card. For I, I'm, I'm just saying, I'm like just saying, it.
3: glue guys. You know, I love a good glue guy. I, I do love I a truly do. Guy.
1: You do love a good glue guy for sure. Uh, yeah, I I just think they're a bright lights team, Sweeney, and uh, I'm not going to spoil my major predictions later in the show, but Arizona is in my final four. They're my pick to win this region. Uh, I think they'd be comfortable in a game against Alabama. Like, I think what makes playing Alabama so difficult other than the fact that they're so talented and they have Brandon Miller is the fact that they play with such pace. They play such a one of a kind style of offensive basketball. And, Uh, like can't you squint and see Arizona loving that game like just up and down the court a bunch of threes flying like I think Arizona's best in that style I don't think they're gonna be spooked by that and look just playing the numbers I don't want to be the guy who's like oh I don't like Alabama because of style of play but like I do think Alabama's gonna have a cold shooting night and uh, to me like if they play teams that are uncomfortable against that style, they can survive a cold shooting night. I don't think they would be able to survive a cold shooting night against Arizona with the front court because I do think Tubelas would find a way to be productive in that game. And to your point, Sweeney, Arizona's five and one this season against Ken top 15 opponents. There's no other team in the country that has a record like that against that type of elite talent. So let's do quick picks from this region and then we'll move on to the next region uh give me your teams that make a sweet 16 and then
2: pick it through to the final four for me let's have you go first sweeney so i've got bama i've got san diego state um that's because i have Furman taking down virginia in the first round um then i have creighton taking down baylor in the second round because you've seen then arizona um Bama, arizona in the elite eight and i get bama off to the final four all right
3: All right, so I got Bama and San Diego State as well, Um, and then I also got I have Baylor there. I do have Baylor getting by because I'm not gonna get rid of my love for Keontae George, and then I got Bama and Zona matching up, and then I got Zona winning that game and going to the final four. Wow!
1: All right, I'm with you, Cart. I have Alabama. I have Furman. In my sweet 16. I'm with you, Sweeney. They beat Virginia. I think they also beat San Diego State. Uh, I got Baylor. I got Arizona. Although even this second, I'm still thinking about swapping Creighton with Baylor. Either way, Arizona, Bama, Arizona beats Bama and is on to my final four. Let's go down to the east. We're just going to go down the left side of the bracket here. Carter, this is your region, my friend. I sent you a voice note. I sent you a text. You put a video out within seconds. My instant thought from seeing this bracket, is that it is wide, wide, wide open. I go up and down the list. There isn't a team on this list that I have any interest in picking to a Final Four, but you have to pick one. And your team with a coach who's made eight of them suddenly sits in a spot that I think is really, really opportunistic for the Michigan State Spartans. Do you love the draw on the bottom half of this bracket?
3: Oh, I absolutely love it. Love the draw for my Michigan State Spartans. I mean, starting with that first game, uh, G, you know I mentioned earlier this year that USC was a team that actually would kind of scare me in March because of Boogie Ellis kind of having like a nuclear March guard run. But that kind of goes out the window with Drew Peterson's injury. He's got a back injury. It's obviously nagging him. He's playing through it. But they're not the same team without him. Um, And I just don't really believe in this USC team at this point. Uh they didn't play that well in the Pac-12 tournament, uh losing to Arizona State in a game I they had plenty of chances to win. Uh Arizona State actually tried to give them the game numerous times and they just didn't want to take it. So I I really think that I like that matchup for Michigan State in the first game. And then the second game, if we're talking about two seeds that I would want Michigan State to match up with, out of all the two seeds, Marquette is the one I think that scares me the least as a matchup for Michigan State. They don't have necessarily dominant front court which is what really kills Michigan State because of our center production uh and you know Tyler Kolick, big Big East player of the year really good player but I mean he's more of an undersized guard uh we don't really struggle with those so I like the matchup for that and I'd be remiss if I didn't mention that Shaka Smart wears long sleeves under his polos that cannot be forgotten anyone that goes to the Rob Dowster school of style uh yeah they they can't be trusted
1: that is extremely true. I also want to point out just quickly that drew Peterson has the actual back injury that Matthew Meyer pretends he has twice a game. uh, And I think
2: that is really hampering USC right now. Sweeney, what do you make of this region? Yeah. I mean, I, I, as much as I struggle to, to pick a, a coach with Doster drip to the final four, like I, I think Marquette, I think Marquette has become so undervalued nationally. Like we roll into the big East tournament, They've, they're the number one seed. They go 17 and three in the league, win the thing by two games. And what does everyone do? Yeah, UConn's going to roll through this thing. UConn, UConn. You look how great UConn is. Oh my gosh, Tristan Newton. Oh my gosh, Adama Sinoga. Oh my gosh, Donovan Klingon. UConn is going to take over the world. Okay, well, Marquette just beat them on a neutral court. Um, that's basically a home game for, for UConn. UConn dominates Madison Square Garden. Marquette wins the game. All right. They, they, they then turn around while well, they're playing Xavier. Xavier's got Sule boom. They got Colby Jones. They got these dynamic guards. It's going to be really hard to beat. Marquette ran them out the gym. Like Mar- Marquette has lost once since January 15th. They're f- they've won 14 of the last 15. They have one of the best point guards in the country. Their starting five is incredibly cohesive and they're a nightmare to prepare for because of the passing of Iguodaro and ability co- to operate in ball screens. Like at some point we got to give this team its flowers. And I was hesitant because I didn't necessarily know if I bought the talent level. And I didn't know if I bought how they'd be away from home. Like I I thought I'd go up to Marquette games. I live in Chicago, um, go up to Milwaukee and say, wow, this team looks incredible, but Marquette is a great home court. Is it going to really carry over? And it just, it just has like, to me, they're one of the most complete teams in the country and and they belong in the legit final four conversation. Um, So yeah, I, I, is it hard to bet against Izzo? Yeah, of course it is. But like, it, it does it does annoy me. Watch sitting sitting up here and like watching every action. This is not you on you Carter, right? This is everyone. Like, it, as soon as this bracket came out, everyone was like sprinting to tweet about how great Tom Izzo is and sprinting to tweet about how great Michigan State is and how they're gonna roll through. Like, Michigan State looked terrible like three days ago. Like, Michigan State was awful against Ohio State. All right, Sweeney. <laughs> and 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 so wrap wrap it up damn it (laughs) all i'm saying is the fact that like everyone is ready to anoint michigan state on an elite eight run when marquette all they've done for the last month and a half is roll through really good opponents that that to me that to me is crazy like i I think this team is really really good so marquette uh is seven and three against the big East
1: tournament teams that or the biggest teams that made the NCAA tournament, right? So, against the upper echelon of a lot of teams I really like, like you said, Sweeney, a lot of people want to pick UConn. I had just talked up Creighton. I really like them. We're going to talk about Xavier later in the show. Uh, I, if you put any of those teams in Marquette's draw, I think I'm picking them to the final four without much hesitation. I don't know what it is about the Smart Cat team that I can't get over the hump with, sweetie. I can't get there though.
3: Well, like, oh, 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 why, why? Also, are we forgetting that we got to take into fact that there's always a team that tricks you with a really good tournament run, and they win their conference tournament, and they let you down, kind of. They don't make it to a Sweet Sixteen. Like that does happen. Yeah, I'm but they were saying.
2: crushing it before. Like, let's not like. Like, I know, yeah, I know. Agree. And and
3: and, and, I, and I don't want to disrespect Marquette too much. I really think they are a good team. I'm just saying that out of the two seeds, if I'm Michigan State, if I want to play a two seed, I want to play Marquette. I don't want to play Texas. I don't so want to play I, the other two seeds.
1: I am going to disrespect them and then we'll move on from Marquette. This is the final thing I'm going to say. The, the three of us were just at the United Center watching the Big Ten tournament, right? Correct? Nod for me. That happened. I'm not dreaming this. We all would agree that was a pretty ugly conference tournament. It was gross. There was not great basketball being played. We nod, we agree on that for the most yes. part. Pretty gross. Marquette's 0 2 against Big 10 teams. That's it. They lost to Wisconsin at home this season. Like, okay, They also played Purdue to five points at Mackey
2: when Purdue was the wagon of all wagons.
1: I'm out. It's Wisconsin at home, Sweeney. I'm not dealing with this. Uh, I just can't get there. Let's move on to the other teams in this region because the juiciest first round matchup to me is Duke and Oral Roberts. Yes. I think the committee was salivating when they saw that. I I do think there's a world where Duke makes a final four. I think there's a world where Duke wins a national championship this year. I also think Oral Roberts is legit. Awesome. Like, I don't think this is some uh, Cinderella story again. Like, I think this is probably far and away my favorite lower level team. Like, I mean, Florida Atlantic's really good too, but I, give me the team with Max Aismas and a seven foot four center that can shoot threes. I like this. They're better than the group that made the run a couple of years ago. Who do you like in that matchup, Sweeney?
2: Yeah, I mean, I'm, I think I'm going to pick Duke just because I think Duke's playing so well. And I, I was ready to pick Oral Roberts against anyone. Uh, it, it's going to be hard for me to pick against Duke in, in this setting because I just think I think they've really raised their game. Now, now That being said, like I, I do think there's some stuff that Oral Roberts can do, particularly offensively that will cause a lot of problems, right? Um, like the number of pick and pops that they play to pull Lively away from the basket or take him out of the game altogether. I, I think that's a matchup that Oral Roberts can really exploit. And Connor Vanover's going to have to make those shots. He's, you know, 33% on the year from three, not good, not great. Um, you know, they also, you know, when they were really good in that conference championship game, other guys were also hitting pick and pop threes like Patrick and Wombo's you know, statistically a solid, but not elite shooter. same with DJ Weaver. Like they, they're going to need to beat, to to beat this Duke team. They're going to need some special shooting nights from their big guys and and keep forcing Duke to respect those guys pulling away from the rim. But I think that matchup is something that Oral Roberts can exploit. And I think the other thing that they can do is I think Vanover can protect the rim and slow down some of those Jeremy Roach drives, right? Like Roach getting to the rim is, is Duke's best offense. A lot of the time, like, they're they're not a team that's running like crazy sets like they're just gonna they're just gonna break out the bounds get to the rim and either dish it or or score it and I, and I think having a drop coverage big like Vanover who can swat everything he's top ten in the country in block rate is is really impactful so I mean this is gonna be an awesome game it's gonna be I think prime time like everyone's gonna want to watch this thing um, everyone's either gonna be saying that Duke's winning the championship or they're gonna lose to All Roberts I don't know if the truth is quite there but like like this is gonna be like a three or a four point spread which is like gonna be so sick like the fact that like oral roberts duke is like a is, is gonna be like four and a half by the time it gets bet up by the duke fans like that like that's that's incredible
1: yeah i feel like that's one that Kart and i are gonna responsibly bed way too much money on
2: yeah 100
3: uh, percent, and it actually it, it really pains me because going into this tournament like i was so hyped for, to pick Oral Roberts. Like I, I, I didn't know who the exact matchup was going to be, but I was so excited to pick them. I love Ace Smith. I love Ben over the tall, you know, just the guy was just transformed coming from our, Ar- coming from Arkansas when he didn't really look like he couldn't play. And now we, I've seen him mentioned even on draft discussions in some circles, which is crazy, but it is crazy. Uh, I, I, I just, I can't, <laughs> I can't, I can't pick against this Duke team with how they're playing. I mean, credit to John Shire, like, you know, really, riding the ship with them, getting all those freshmen who we were so down on to start the year. I mean, Tyrese Proctor's playing better. Derek Whitehead, uh, Derek Lively's playing better. And I think that matchup-wise, like, Lively will be able to play in the perimeter of the pick and rolls with Ace And I think that it'll kind of negate the, you know, basically the effectiveness of that. So as much as I want to pick Oral Roberts in this game, I'm going to have to go with Duke, but I do think
1: it'll be close. I was on the fence about it until Derek Whitehead was the second name you listed for Duke. And now I'm out. I'm I'm in on Oral Roberts. He's been, he's been playing well lately. He's had one game over 20 minutes since February, since Valentine's Day.
3: Like, what are we doing? Uh, he's playing well. He needs massive minutes to play well.
1: He had two points in 15 minutes last game. He has one game in his last six. That's Gar No, what, they, they, were, what, they, what, were, they were
3: they were allowed to. They were allowed two points, and the and one. the game is and the game is played on both ends of the floor. Gregory, one give game is last seven. One give game is last seven. Inject Derek Whitehead plus minus into my veins.
1: Please. I I will not be injecting Dariq Whitehead into any part of you, but I will be asking for oral. Give me oral. I want oral, hey, oral hey, Roberts in this game. Uh <laughs> hey, by the way, YouTube chat, if you're watching this, if you're watching me go off the hinges at this point, uh, get us to a thousand likes because Carter Elliott just texted me and said if we get to a thousand likes before the end of this show in roughly thirty-two minutes, he will go shotgun a beverage.
4: Hey, guys, just a reminder, our sponsor for today's episode is Run Your Pool. They are hosting the Field of 68 Bracket Challenge. This year, they are giving away $1,500 in free prizes. It's all an incentive for you to get on there and find out just how good their platform is. I've been using them for my bracket pools for years. I've used them for Super Bowl squares. I use them for everything that I need to use them for. The biggest survivor pool that I'm in for both NFL and NCAA tournament is by Run Your Pool. So go check them out. The link's below. Tap in. Do you guys ever get tired of trying to prove that you won an argument, that your takes weren't hot, they were right? Well, I have an answer to all of your problems. Vaulted is a new sports prediction app that turns your opinions into facts. You can store all your predictions and hot takes in your own vault now and forever. Challenge your friends, keep track of the results, and prove that you are, in fact, the smartest one in the room and the smartest one in your friend group we all know how much that matters you can always win the bar argument with the vaulted app they're also going to be releasing more than 50 pools over the course of the next three months from the ncaa tournament to the nba playoffs on into baseball season so download the app at the link below sign up for your three-month trial and store your predictions now and forever Are you a college basketball junkie? Are you the kind of fan that gets frustrated that this beautiful sport has such a lack of national coverage outside of the month of March? Well, let me tell you about the Field of 68, an all-encompassing digital network podcasts, live streams, and newsletters that cover the sport at every level on every platform. From the bluest of the blue bloods to the smallest of the mid-majors, the only way to keep up with college basketball is through the field of 68. Hey guys, just a reminder, our sponsor for today's episode is Run Your Pool. They are hosting the Field of 68 Bracket Challenge. This year, they are giving away $1,500 in free prizes. It's all an incentive for you to get on there and find out just how good their platform is. I've been using them for my bracket pools for years. I've used them for Super Bowl squares. I use them for everything that I need to use them for. The biggest survivor pool that I'm in for both NFL and NCAA tournament is by Run Your Pool. So go check them out, the link's below happen do you guys ever get tired of trying to prove that you won an argument that your takes weren't hot they were right well i have an answer to all of your problems vaulted is a new sports prediction app that turns your opinions into facts you can store all your predictions and hot takes in your own vault now and forever challenge your friends keep track of the results and prove that you are in fact the smartest one in the room, and the smartest one in your friend group. We all know how much that matters. You can always win the bar argument with the Vaulted app. They're also going to be releasing more than 50 pools over the course of the next three months from the NCAA tournament to the NBA playoffs on into baseball season. So download the app at the link below. Sign up for your three-month trial and store your predictions now and forever are you a college basketball junkie are you the kind of fan that gets frustrated that this beautiful sport has such a lack of national coverage outside of the month of march well let me tell you about the field of 68 an all-encompassing digital network podcasts live streams and newsletters that cover the sport at every level on every platform from the bluest of the blue bloods to the smallest of the mid-majors, the only way to keep up with college basketball is through the field of 68.
1: Before he goes to bed tonight. A thousand likes, that's what we need. We're not there yet. We get to it. And Carter's and and, and we Greg, we're
4: added to that. So we'll do the Carter shotgun and two top golf giveaways. Uh, if we hit a thousand likes. So
1: and two top golf giveaways. We love top golf. Uh we love oral and we love top golf. It's great. Let's move on. Um, so I, I have a team in this region that I'm going to pick to win this region that we haven't said a word about any, anybody want to guess who that team is Kentucky, not Kentucky. I thought Kansas State. (laughs) it's Kansas state cart. Talk me off the ledge, please. Before I just blow up my entire bracket on the wildcats who have been my favorite team to bet on all season long, but I promised myself I wouldn't fall for the trap. And because of this, it's not my fault. It's the region's fault. Who am I supposed to pick in this horrible region? I mean, I I just don't know. I don't I don't know.
3: Marquise Noel's been scaring me lately. Like he he makes me fall in love. He makes me pull out my hair. It's just too much back and forth to me. Uh, I don't know if I mean with with a lot of these Big Twelve teams though. The the thing is that you got to take into you know kind of consideration. I mean, I guess this is across the country, but mainly with the Big Twelve because of how strong it was like these teams really need a switch up like of not playing each other and not beating up on each other. That's why, like, when we talked about Baylor, I wasn't completely out. Cause I think a change of scenery might do them some good. I feel the same about this Kansas state team. I love Keontae Johnson. I think he is an all American talent. Uh, you know, I've, I've gone back and forth with a couple of people about how he might be, you know, the best small forward in the big 12 over the likes of a guy like Jalen Wilson, just talking talent wise. But, uh, I will not go off, I will not sell my Kansas state stock because of Noel and because of Keontae Johnson. And I love like the other guys on their team, like Tomlin as well. I mean, they got guys. I like that. So, um, so, you know, I'm not, I'm not mad at you for picking that Kansas state team because they got the talent. And like you said, someone's gotta come out of this. <laughs> someone's got to come out of this bracket. You can't just leave a avoided, uh, avoided final four, but I guess we're just selling on Purdue. Greg, is that, is that what you're working up to?
1: Uh, Well, I, yeah, it's crazy. We haven't mentioned Purdue, but I, I'm out on Purdue, man. I just am like, I, I'm glad they did what I said they should have done. If they are the quote unquote elite team that we've kind of praised them as all year, they needed to run through the big 10. I don't really think they even did that in the regular season. Like every other team lost nine games. So they could win it going away with five losses and really playing pretty poorly down the stretch of the season. Uh, They did run through the big 10 in the big 10 tournament, but guys, they played Rutgers, Ohio State and Penn State to win that title like they have not even faced a team with a pulse since two weeks ago. So I don't know. I uh, I I genuinely think their draw is really tough. Like Kendrick Davis and a team that forces a bunch of turnovers is a pretty bad matchup for Purdue's guards right now. Um, And we know how great Memphis is playing like for them to go do what they just did against a Marcus Astorless Houston team. I'm in on Memphis right now, so I do. I have Purdue losing in the round of 32 card. That's my answer. Sweeney, what do you, uh, where do you have the Boilermakers in this one?
2: Yeah, I, I also am going down to Memphis. I, I will say, like, the Memphis-Florida Atlantic game is not a walkover. Yeah. Like, like FAU is is very legit. They have four outstanding guards. And I think, you know, you said, oh, wow, you know, like the pressure and Memphis' ability to force turnovers. like That's not really going to work against FAU. Like, they're going to take care of the ball. They're going to make plays. And and they're really confident in how to win. I do think Memphis wins that game because I think Memphis is playing really well right now. But I, I think I think people have just been like, yeah, well, they, they, there's no chance that Memphis loses in the first round. Like, no, no, FAU's won 31 games for a reason. Um, that being said, like, I I, I I echo all of your thoughts, Greg, on the matchup there um, for, for Purdue. Um, a team that's going to press them, a team that's going to send athletes at them, a team that has... Some interior size to handle not not to handle Edie, but not to be completely overwhelmed right like you turn on ohio state purdue you turn on penn state purdue and you're like who are these guys trying to guard zach edie right like i'm sorry eugene brown but like you're not a center you'll never be a center you will never be able to guard zach edie that being said like i i kind of think that dandridge can hang a little bit dandridge is old he's experienced. He's very, very talented. Um he's not a you know not gonna not gonna be a guy who scores it a ton, but he can be active. And I think uh you know Chandler Lawson had an amazing game in the first half uh for 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 Memphis today. He was all over the place. So they've got kind of kind of some of the athletes that they can send at people. And I think that's that's valuable uh in in a game against Purdue. So I, I think that matchup's tough. I don't want to write off Purdue, right? Like at the end of the day, they've They've got the best player in the country. He's dominant. Um, They've got a really good coach, right? We can question Painter's tournament record, but he is really, really good. And he is very difficult to prepare for. Uh, I think Gottlieb made this point on one of the, one of the hours of this thing, like playing Purdue on a, on a one day turn is, is really hard. Uh, And I think that will be a challenge for Memphis, but I, I just think like, I know Purdue already played Duke, but I think, it's almost un- not comparable to, to mention that game at PK 85, just because of how different a place Duke is in right now. So even if I think Purdue survives that Memphis game, you might have to get Duke. You might have to get Tennessee, um, two really, really talented athletic teams. And then, you know, potentially in, in an elite eight game, you got to get through a Kentucky, a Kansas state or, or Marquette who I've obviously been, been big on. So, um, the draw is not easy for Purdue. I'd be surprised if they get to the Final Four. To me, they're the most vulnerable number one seed. Um, that being said, I'm never betting against Edie, so I won't. I won't rule out the fact that they can make a run here.
1: Yeah, when I step back and look at this region, I feel like there's there's just opportunities to talk yourself in to whatever you want the winner to be to be the obvious route. Like if you want to talk yourself into Tom Izzo or John Calipari's success in March in the past being the reason they're going to win this region, you could. If you want to talk yourself into, like, point guard play with Kendrick Davis or Tyler Kolick or even Max Acemas being the difference against some other teams that have some really questionable guard play, like, you could do that here. To me... uh I, there's just a lot of things that scare me. Like, I, I think this is more of a red flag region than anything. And somehow Kansas State, who I think has a ton of red flags, is the team that I feel like has the least when I step away this. Like, I like Tang. It's his first march as a head coach. But, um, you know, I don't have the the history there of, like, Shaka Smart and Rick Barnes teams flaming out in the tournament. Like, I, I know Cart's licking his chops at the chance of machine. All, 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 all I'm saying
2: is this. I, I have a, a, a spotted cow in front of me. This is a vibe. This is a sign, right? I'm drinking a spotted cow. We're talking about Marquette basketball. I think I think the Golden Eagles are doing the thing.
1: That's scary. Um, it's very scary. All right, let's do our picks quickly on this region. Cart, we'll have you go first here. I'm guessing you went green and white here?
3: Uh, yes, I did. I did go green and white. I do think that they win that first game and do think that they knock off Marquette. And I'm sorry for all the people who think I'm disrespecting Marquette, but uh, I'm, I'm gonna pick my team and I think they can win that basketball game it's not just a crazy pick uh I got Kansas State coming out as well I got Duke and then I actually got Purdue actually making I got Purdue getting through that first round game because I think that FAU is actually going to beat Memphis but Purdue will beat FAU in that second game uh if Memphis does go through I think they beat Purdue though um and then I have Kansas State versus i have kansas state versus purdue and kansas state going to the final four out of that region
1: oh i i thought you meant green and white to the final four my friend i'm shocked you have kansas state here
2: wow sweeney who do you have my sweet 16 is memphis duke k-state and marquette um duke and marquette in the elite eight and marquette to the final four that being said like the fact that none of us are picking kentucky to the sweet 16 like scares me a little bit yeah, it really does. I was because I know that they, I know that they've lost the two Vandy games, but like we should remember, Vandy is kind of a wagon, like. Yeah,
3: I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna change my pick for the final four from for this side or this region about ten times probably before the first games. So for yep. right now, it's Kansas State, especially if they wear those light purple zip ups. Oh, that yeah. is huge. That's huge for vibes because those are elite. So if they're wearing those, it, they're a different They're a different team.
1: I still don't know what ema means either, but I'm in on it. Uh, yeah, if we can get those light purple zips with the ema, um, yeah, Sweeney Kentucky, I'm with you. Like, I I really want to pick them if they had just fared slightly better in the SEC tournament. Like, don't just get ran off the court in the one game you played. Uh, I think I would be in on them. I'm terrified because Cart and I have the same first two picks for the Final Four right now. I have Kansas State over uh, Michigan State in the Sweet Sixteen. I have Memphis over Oral Roberts in the top half of my Sweet 16. I have Kansas State over Memphis. Uh, Kansas State makes my final four. That region is a mess, and I hate it. Let's move to the Midwest, where Houston is a one seed here. The same way we talked about Alabama having, I think, a pretty straightforward path. I kind of feel that way with Houston as well. Uh, Miami, uh, without O'Meara, we don't know what his status is going to be. If he's hobbled, I think that's a really, really tough spot for that team. Iowa, Fran McCaffrey's still their coach. Auburn still has Wendell Green. Uh, Indiana has never won anything of substance with Trace Jackson Davis. Like, uh, how do you not pick Houston in that group? And then on the bottom half, Cart, Texas, you love them. You've loved them all season long. Um, I, I'm sure you're sad you have to pick between Texas and Houston.
3: Yeah, I definitely am. I, I This Texas team, I mean, Roddy Terry's got them boys playing – They love playing for him. The energy around that program is just great right now. And once again, I'm coming back to the elite glue guys argument. Sir Jabari Rice, probably one of the most elite glue guys in the country. and He just kind of brings this team together. You know, for every Marcus Carr Minnesota moment that he has, it just seems like Jabari Rice comes in and kind of just levels it out a little bit Tyrese hunters playing extremely well we see what Dylan DeSue can do and for them to go out and win the big 12 tournament without Timmy Allen that I mean and basically a home game for Kansas too as well I know they were missing Bill Self but at the same time they were able to do that and basically win a home game for Kansas so I you know them winning the big 12 tournament I think is not something that should be looked upon lightly uh so you know, I'm all in on this Texas team. And also like how fun would Texas Houston be like that? Like just that game would be absolutely elite.
2: So here's my thing. I think Texas is like, to me, I think Texas is really vulnerable first weekend and it has nothing to do with Texas, right? Like when you're usually looking for like the teams that are going to get bounced, you're like, okay, like who do I think is, you know, like I I said, Virginia is vulnerable, right? Virginia is vulnerable because they're not playing very good basketball. Texas is playing well. I just think, they got a horrible hand dealt to them by the committee right so colgate to me as a 15 seed is a middle tennessee state level uh like underseed by the committee right like that that level of miss in terms of how good this team is how well coached they are how skilled they are and look like they led in the second half against Wisconsin last year as a 14 seed against Arkansas two years ago, I believe is a 13 seed. Uh, and then in 2019, so the, the three tournaments ago um, that would be, they played Tennessee as a 14 seed and they in the, the second half of that game, right? Like Colgate has been there. They've, they've hung in these games before they will hang again. And then you play a Texas A&M team that T rank has as the sixth best team in the country since January 1st, or you play Penn state, who's got five quad one wins in the last week and a half, right? Like that's a brutal draw for, for Texas. And that's not to say they, they can't win it. I think they're the better, best team in all those games, but like I, I'm picking Texas AM and m to, to win this game against Texas in the second round. Like I, I think A&M the way they're playing the guard play from Wade Taylor, the ability for buzz to kind of muck it up and and make this thing grimy. Like, I don't think that's the type of game Texas wants to play. I, I think AM comes out of this bottom and sets things up for, for a really interesting, really interesting top, which I, like you said, Greg, I think is open, but I do think uh, I have one game I want to highlight later that we can get to in a, in a second. Ooh, let's but go right to point. it, Sweeney. Okay. Well, there we go. Um, I think Indiana Kent State is like the most important game of the round of 64. Wow. Why? So I, I think Kent State is. Like a monster 13 seed, and I think they match up really well against Indiana because what we we talked about this this week at Big Ten, what's the one thing that makes Indiana look incredibly vulnerable when Jalen Hood-Shafino doesn't play well, when their guards are neutralized. So, state has one of the best perimeter defenders in the country in Malik Jacobs, like one of the probably five to ten best defensive players in college basketball, Malik Jacobs, that is scary, right? Like if you, if you just stick him on Chapino all night, you take him out of, you take him out the game. All of a sudden you're in trouble. And, and Kent state has a, a fifth year point guard and sincere carry. Who's got 1900 career points and 660 career assists. They played Gonzaga to the wire. They played Houston to the wire. They led under three minutes to go in both of those games. Like if Indiana like Indiana is going to get everything they want from, from Kent state and more, but if Indiana survives that game, I could see a final four. I really could because I mean, Houston, again, it, it was no Sasser today, but but Houston looked so pedestrian talent wise against Memphis. And, and that's scary to me. And, and this is a Houston team that relies really heavily on jump shooting. It, it is very reliant on shed and Sasser who are not, Elite level shooters, statistically, making shots and oftentimes making tough shots, and like, like I really think Indiana could could blow this thing wide open. They just got to get past Kent State, and I'm just not sure they will. And so, to me, that's like the biggest swing of the round of th- round of 64 is can. And I think it's like a 950 game. It's the last game on Friday night. Can Kent State somehow pull this upset, or does Indiana get the ball rolling on a deep march run? I just uh, I, I step back and laugh
1: because I, I think all your points are good ones, Sweeney. It's just so funny that like the concept of the only thing that could be holding <laughs> Indiana back from a final four and beating Houston is Kent State. Like, I, I, uh, I like Kent State. A I'll lot. tell you what,
2: Kelvin oh, Sampson yeah. doesn't want to see Kent State again.
1: No, I'm sure he doesn't. I I like Kent State a lot. I love sincere Carey. Um, I I just don't see a way that TJD doesn't dominate that matchup. And same with Miami. Honestly, like that's part of why I'm talking myself. in Indiana, the combo of most games, Indiana's gonna have the best guard on the floor. And most games, well, every game, unless they play Purdue, they're gonna have the best center on the floor. Uh, that matters to me in March. Cart for a potential Houston, Indiana matchup. I'm looking ahead. Um. I think Sweeney's point about talent is right, but I'm going to pull the proverbial quote-unquote dog in them out of my pocket here. There's no way a Houston team that's known for just punking dudes in the NCAA tournament would not just do that to an Indiana team that's been known to curl up and shrivel into a ball in big moments in TJD's career, right?
3: Yeah. the, The one thing for me, and I told you this yesterday, Greg, we were talking about it on the side. It's something about like if I had to pick a Big Ten team to make a run, it would be this Indiana team. Just because all it and if anyone in here knows Miller Cop personally or can relay this message, or if he's in here for some reason, my dog, please shoot the ball. Please shoot the ball and stop thinking you're Jr. Smith. And you need to take two dribbles and take tough twos. If Miller Cop starts actually shooting the ball, knocking down shots like TJD's ability to dominate the game, not just scoring and rebounding and dunking, doing all that thing, doing all those things, the way he can pass the ball, I think is just extremely underrated. Uh, so, yes, I do love that Kent State team. I do love Sincere Carey. I don't know if they're necessarily stopping this Indiana team. And we talk about a team, you know, if we're, if we're going Indiana versus Houston, like Indiana's going to have the best player on the floor. So, I mean, I don't think you can really you know, negate that. Obviously the bigs from Houston are some guys I would not want to mess with in on or off the court, <laughs> but, you know, TJD is going to be able to, I think, get the best of those guys. So it's really what happens around them. I mean, I, really any big 10 team, it's so dependent on others. Like even when you think back to Purdue, if Fletcher Lawyer breaks through that freshman wall and can actually knock down some shots, like this Purdue team is going to look a lot more dangerous. So it's, it's a lot of what, what are the guys around the best players on the best Big Ten teams going to do is going to kind of determine how far they go. And I think that this Indiana team might have a run in them and you have a pro in Jalen Shafino, which you can't overlook.
1: Yeah. Uh, yeah, it's weird because – it's hard to just look at those two guys and not love Indiana's potential in this tournament, but then I look at everything else sometimes and I just get a little scared. Like what does what Trey Galloway and Miller Cop look like against Houston with the athletes and uh their physicality? I don't know. It scares me just a little. Like if we're worried, we're already saying Miller Cop, just shoot the ball. Be confident. That's not something I want to have to say on Sunday, March 12th, going to the NCAA tournament. All right, let's do our picks in this region. Sweeney,
2: we'll go to you first. Who do you got? So I have I have Houston um, coming out of the of that top tier with Miami and then Houston beating them and that's because I did pick I I'm I, I don't think anyone's gonna pick Penn State Indiana and I th- I think that's gonna be my thing I'm gonna latch onto it and if Indiana makes it to a Final Four at least I have clips on video on record saying I thought Indiana could make the Final Four I just thought the Penn State was a little, was the only thing standing in their way. <laughs> Um, and then in the bottom, I have I have Xavier, and then as I alluded to, I have Texas a and AM and m um, and Houston, and an all-Texas matchup in the uh, Elite Eight, and Houston just tougher, so Houston makes the Final Four. I didn't come in thinking I would put Houston in the Final Four, but after the way it played out, I just I felt like I kind of had to. Okay. Cart, who you got?
3: All right, so I got Houston coming out of the top, and then I got Indiana coming out of the... Out of the next one, I, I think the Hoosiers got a little mini run in them and it's kind of skipping ahead here. I think that Indiana actually ends up beating Houston uh, as much as that pains me to say, Greg, you know how I feel about Samson and my Cougars. But I don't know something about Indiana. I'm just I'm going with the TJD narrative that he's going to have that run in them uh, out of that bottom part. I got Texas winning and then I got uh, I got Xavier coming out of there and then I got Texas beating them and Texas going to the final four.
1: Wow. Okay. Longhorns for you. Uh, this is the first one we disagree on, Cart. I've got Houston. I've got Indiana in my Sweet 16. I have Houston defeating Indiana. Then I have Xavier, and I have Penn State. They just keep hitting and hitting and hitting and hitting, boys. I'm in love with the Nittany Lions. Even today with their back against the wall, down 17, they hit and they hit and they hit and they had a shot to win. Uh, Fumbled the pass. That was tough. Otherwise, you can't convince me that shot wasn't going in. I'm going Xavier over Penn State. Uh, I'm going Xavier over Houston, guys. I don't feel great about it. I'm going Xavier, though. Xavier over Houston?
3: Xavier over Houston?
1: Let's not even talk about it. But yeah, I'm going safe here. I don't know. Like, are Sule Boom, he's a dude, right? Like, I think he's the guy I trust the most in this region. Ball in his hands late, magical March moments. Is that that crazy? I trust
3: my. I, I trust. Him. I trust way more guys. I mean, I love what Sule Boom's done this year, but like, I'm definitely trusting. on Marcus Sasser over. over are you him. trusting Marcus
1: Carr more than Sule Boom?
2: No, but I, I trust-, trust Jabari Rice more than Sule Boom. Oh, yeah, God. I do.
1: I love the pump fake too, but come on. I trust your body rice with my life. I mean, I like your life too much. Sweetie. Don't do that. That's a scary thought. Um, No, we didn't really talk about Xavier at all. So this feels like I'm just rushing to throw them in there, but I, I like him, man. I like the big East in general. Like I think depending on the right draw, I would pick all four of the top four teams in the big East to make a final four. I like Xavier's draw the most. Like I look up and down that group. I'm, I'm just not a Texas believer. I know you are, Cart, but I, I, the last thing
3: was Xavier. I just think they're going to run out of gas because I don't think they have the depth.
1: Yeah, they, they don't have the
3: depth. And, they don't have the depth, and they don't check. And I don't think that's going to get it done.
1: It's such a me archetype. Like I fall for this trap every single year. Teams that uh, have fun backcourts that don't guard, I always pick them too far. So here also, we
2: are. Can we speak that North Carolina last year had no depth and didn't check? I'm saying. Ooh, I like it. I like it a lot.
1: Now I'm even more in. All right, let's move to the West, the final region here. Uh, Illinois, Arkansas jumps off the page. It's like, that's a fun first round matchup to me. There's a lot of, I think, fun teams in here. I wish UCLA was fully healthy. Northwestern cart, Boo Chase Chase, <laughs> they get a shot here. Uh, Gonzaga also feels like they're just flying under the radar to me
2: right now. What do we make of this region? Sweeney, I'll go to you first. Yeah. It's, it's stacked, right? You have, and I've seen tweet, I think Bart Torvik tweeted that Kansas is the fifth highest ranked team in his metrics in the region, mm-hmm. which is like banana land. Right? And I don't agree with that. Like, I think Kansas is better than that, but they just get blown out and that can, can tank your metrics a little bit. So, um, but that does illustrate to you, like how good this region can be. Like you said, that there are, there are some injury things, namely the Jalen Clark and potentially Adam Bona things at, at UCLA. Um but I, I too found myself having this kind of gravitational pull to Gonzaga, um, and I've kind of always thought this year like it would be very college basketball if the year that Gonzaga feels vulnerable and weak that they go out and win the whole damn thing. Um, but Gonzaga quietly has really turned it on lately, and I think early in the season you look at Gonzaga and say the only way they can win a championship is their offense becomes an inferno because. Their defense is just not going to get there where Timmy is as the, the center and no Chet blocking everything at the rim. Well, all of a sudden the offense kind of is an inferno and Hickman's starting to play better and Bolton's playing playing better and Anton Watson, who I think if you ask people inside the Gonzaga program, would say is the most important player on their team. He's been playing extremely, extremely well. Like, I kind of think Gonzaga makes a real run here like, and maybe wins this whole region. Like I'm, I think I'm going to pick that And That's what I have penciled in right now. Um, you know, the, the potential for Kansas, Arkansas, or Kansas, Illinois in the round of 32, will be really good potential for Kansas, UConn in the round of six, uh, sweet 16 could be really good. The potential for Gonzaga UCLA could be really good. The potential for UConn or Kansas versus Gonzaga or UCLA could be really, really good. Like the West is going to be must see TV. I know, uh, I will be out in Vegas for it. I, uh, believe some of our field of 68 colleagues will be as well um so i I think it's gonna be a lot of fun and i just i cannot wait to see who comes out of it but my my hunch says and again we'll kind of go vibes here gonzaga's done a whole lot of work in vegas over the years Mm -hmm. like the wcc tournament like that's spokane south like i know that like new mexico fans call las vegas the pit west for mountain west tournament I, i think i don't know if gonzaga fans have a thing for this but like i think they should call it like spokane south and they get to go through Spokane South to go to the go to the Final Four, and I think it's I think they can do it. I really do. Do you have your SPF 600 packed for Vegas, Sweeney? Relax. I just
1: wonder. I mean, I, look, listen. I have some. If you need it, I can give it to you. Uh, Cart, I'm in on Gonzaga with Sweeney for the record. I'm I'm spoiling uh, our pick section here, but I have Gonzaga winning this region. I don't think anybody's talking about them. Uh, You and I have swung the opposite side on Gonzaga in the past with teams that are objectively better than this year's version of Gonzaga. Why am I talking myself into Zags? Like, is this stupid card or, or do you see it?
3: No, I I think it's just, it's a, it's a really different setting for them. Like the past couple of years, it's always been Gonzaga, the number one team, you know, they hover around being top five or the number one team in Ken Palm year after year, after year, you know, one seed after one seed, after one seed and everyone just kind of wrote them off this year. And, you know, they had, you know, obviously they lost more games than they have in previous years, but they're peaking at the right time. I mean, and they, and talent wise, you know, drew Timmy's, still doing what drew timmy does i don't know if people are taking notice or not but drew timmy is still him drew timmy damn near might even be better than he ever has been so you know they're kind of just laying low laying in the weeds and then they kind of just have they have a good i mean i like their draw i think they have a great chance to come out of this you know come out of this bracket i mean it kind of pains me because i wanted you know to put uconn in my final four from this from this you know this region I don't know. I'm I'm kind of leaning. I'm kind of switching back and forth, and I really might want to put the Zags there. Uh, I mean, this is going to be a fun region in general. Like, I think VCU packs up St. Mary's in the first round just because I love VCU's guards, and I think they're going to have Aiden Mahaney in Hell. So, uh, yeah, I, I think it's going to be a really fun region,
1: though. Yeah, it's the most. Uh, like I, I, am excited to watch these games more than I am. Yeah, hundred yeah. percent. Like, t, um... like TCU, t- TCU is
3: sixty. Like. Yeah. Give me that like Mike Miles. Like, come on, I need if we that. could.
1: If we could get no offense to Nevada, but if we could get Arizona State's chaos against TCU and Mike Miles, I would really enjoy that. Um, Gonzaga versus uh TCU second round, first to 100. So fun! So fun. Uh, UCLA, we kind of glazed over them. That's just due to injury, I assume. I feel like a week ago we would have had a lot more conversations there. Is that what's going on here, Sweeney?
2: I mean, look, like. I really considered picking UCLA to win this, this whole region, right? Like I get, I I understand the concerns with Clark and I think it probably stops them from winning a national championship. But like, I still think the most important trait any team can have in college basketball is competitiveness. I think UCLA is the most competitive team in the country. Like I think those dudes hate losing. And I think Tiger Campbell and Jaime Haquez just do not allow UCLA to lose close games with the exception of last night when Courtney Ramey hit a ridiculous step back to go win the game. Right. Like, okay. Right. Like live with it. UCLA played a whale of a ball game in that game without one of their most important players. And I think that shouldn't be overlooked. Right. I I think, I I don't think people should be surprised if they win this thing is all I'm going to say. And I think people have gotten to that point where it's like, Oh, they just, they can't do it. They have no shot now. And I actually kind of think that's a good thing for them. Like I kind of think the, the the underdog thing will suit them some really well.
1: Yeah, I could see that as
2: well. Uh, Arkansas,
1: Illinois, quickly, another first-round matchup that is at the top of my list. Uh, Cart, Brad Underwood, no sweet 16s in his Illinois tenure. How about an Arkansas-Kansas draw this year to try to get there? That doesn't seem too friendly for our boy, Daddy Brad.
3: No, nah, it definitely doesn't. Even though if somehow Illinois can get – over arkansas i think i'm picking arkansas to win that game but if illinois does get to kansas like i don't know about that i i might lean towards illinois i think that that illinois team can match up with kansas pretty well um and you know maybe we'll see that maybe we'll finally see the positionless great basketball you know post kofi coburn that everyone's been talking about all year but i truly do think that that illinois team can actually match up pretty well with that kansas team and i think you kind of seen that if dewan harris isn't aggressive this Kansas team is not the same level as they, you know, have looked when they looked at their peak this year.
1: Can
2: Illinois Anthony would Black, have answers. Can, can Anthony Black play booty ball? Oh God!
1: <laughs> I hope not. Honestly, <laughs> I don't think we want to see that. Sweet. <laughs> um, all right, let's let's do picks. We got about a minute and a half left here. Cart, who you got?
3: Uh, let's let's see here. Okay, so I got I do have Kansas coming out of that top part. I got UConn. And then I got Gonzaga and I got UCLA. I got Gonzaga beating UCLA, and I got UConn beating Kansas. And then I got the Zags coming out. Zags going to the Final Four out of that region. And I might. I and I'm God. I feel bad. I love UConn. I really want to put them there, but
1: I don't know. All right. Well, you have one more minute to make your final decision, Sweeney. Who you got?
2: Yeah, I've I've Kansas, UConn, Gonzaga, UCLA, Kansas, and Gonzaga, and then Gonzaga. Uh, to to another final four I think that that's the
1: right answer if this is like a test I think Sweeney has the right questions right now or the right answers right now I have Kansas and UConn I have UConn beating Kansas but I think before Thursday I'm going to flip that uh, I have Gonzaga and I have Northwestern boys I have Boo Booey and Chase hey,
3: Darius.
1: don't let him get hot man listen I I, I like the draw like I think UCLA, yes, they're competitive as shit, but they're hurt right now. And like, I think Boo Boo and Chase Adige could both play a really good game against UCLA's backcourt. Tiger Campbell's great, but I don't know. I don't know. I think there's a Cinderella story tale ending for Northwestern. Uh, and then I think they get pounded into the ground by Gonzaga. I think they lose that game by 53 points. Northwestern uh,
2: Gonzaga was 20, 2017. The last time Northwestern made the tournament, they were getting hammered by Gonzaga. And then you had the goal 10 that wasn't the guy Chris Collins Tech. Collins a Tech that nearly broke Northwestern basketball until Budarius Boot, Bowie came around and fixed it. So he dragged it out from the depths of the world. Uh
1: yeah, then I have uh I have Gonzaga winning this region. So all right, let's do just rapid fire. We we gave our winners of the region. Give us your final four picks and your champion, Sweeney. Uh I'm
2: I have uh Alabama, Marquette, Houston, and Zaga in the final four. I have Alabama and Houston facing for a championship. And I have the Crimson Tide cutting down the Nets. I know very exciting. I picked the number one and the number two overall seeds to make the championship game. But I just kind of think that's the way the bracket plays out. How we talk about Alabama, if and when that
1: happens, is going to be such a fascinating subplot for the next three weeks. Cart, what's your final four in champ?
3: Uh, so I got Bama beating Kansas State. And then I got, let's see here. And then I got Texas beating the Zags. And I got Texas over Bama in the championship game and wow. Rodney Ter- and Rodney Terry and his first, and, you know, going off into the sunset.
1: And then they still don't hire him as head coach. And then they they bring somebody else. They have,
3: it. they have no choice but to hire him. It'll be,
1: it'll be hell if they don't. I would hope so. All right. I have Arizona uh, over Kansas state on one side. I have uh, Gonzaga over Xavier I have, in the Tommy Lloyd off, I have Arizona beating Gonzaga for the national championship. Cut down the nets, Kirk Crease. Get your headband out. Uh, I don't know if we got to a 1,000 likes, did we? Do we know that? Is card shotgunning before we wrap the show quickly? We, did we probably miss it. missed it. We did not. We missed miss it. it. Chat, step up your game. We're
2: 103 short
1: damn it chat well there's always next time uh we'll be here on the field of 68 every single night this week getting you prepared for the game stay tuned we've got a lot in store for the rest of march madness for kevin sweeney for carter elliott for tyler hansbro rob Doster, everybody else that was on the show doug gottlieb's chips i'm greg waddell this was the field of 68 marathon
5: it's happening daily we're being conned by the institutions we used to trust